Open your Bibles up to Proverbs chapter 6. We are in a series called Wisdom for Life Under the Sun. We talked about the vanity of life and the need to fear God, that life apart from God is meaningless. Proverbs, how the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We talked last time about receiving correction and being teachable as the son. If you can receive instruction and and we were, none of us are perfect if we can receive correction and grow and learn in the wisdom literature. And I really like the wisdom literature because of how practical it is. Because wisdom is not just everyday life. That's why I think Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Job is so helpful for teenagers to study. And tonight, our topic is diligence and laziness. And this is the stuff of everyday life. About that. And listen... I know I'm talking tonight about diligence and laziness, and I know it's right before Christmas break, and I know you have all these plans of like staying on making your French toast for like brunch and hanging out all day by the Christmas tree, and, and, and then the goal tonight is not thinking about uh, the free time you have over the break, what you're going to do with that free time. I'm thinking about the new year. You know, what kind of person do I want to be? What kind of habits can I form in the new year that will help me be a person that loves the Lord and serves others? And a break from school. Um, but it's so much in Proverbs. I mean, there's so much in Ecclesiastes and Proverbs about being able to address it here as part of our wisdom literature. So Proverbs chapter 6, we're going to read verses 6 through 11 so we can grow to in verse 6. Solomon writes this. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider having any chief, officer, or ruler. She prepares her bread in summer and gathers her eye there, O sluggard. When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little sleep, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. This is God's word for us. And, I, and the, the vivid imagery of a sluggard and, and just folding your hands to rest and looking to these. You kind of get the picture so often when reading Proverbs of Solomon walking with his son. And throughout Proverbs, he kind of takes us on a walk. And he's walking by uh, a vineyard and he sees a vineyard that's overgrown with well maintained and, and where everything's in rows and there's there's a you know it's fruitful there's lots of grapes on the vine and he uses that as a like tonight it's like he's going on a walk with his son or daughter and he comes upon some ants and Solomon looks at the ants and he can use that as a hard workers and fighting laziness he, he look at verse six he says to us, go to the ant, perspective of just watching ants. Solomon can teach his son about diligence, about being a hard worker. And an ant, yeah, there are several facts from National Geographic about ants. There are so many ants on the planet, weighs more than all the humans on the planet. So that's a lot of ants because they're so tiny. I don't know how they figured that out, but they figured out they weigh more than humans on the... A little ant, you know, carrying like this big twig or a leaf. They can carry up to 50 times their weight, which I guess I, I can't pick up all the humans and carry us around, you know? Like if they can carry that much and there's more of them than there is us and they can carry us around. Ants hold the fast in them. This one kind of shocked me. So there is an ant, the trap jaw ant, that can close its jaw at 100... Figure that out, but they figured that out. 140 miles per hour to kill its prey. That's really fast. 
Ants, they, they, they form societies that divide each other to danger and lead to food sources, and they solve complex problems. And did you know the largest ant colony, so you know, called a super colony, where all these colonies form together, the largest ant colony they found so far on earth, it begins in northern Italy, goes across Italy, through southern France, across Spain, somehow on a cargo ship, came over from South America and just spread. And it's one big colony from one end to the other. A commentator about Proverbs 6 said this, only a person who is utterly devoid of wisdom can fail to learn lessons of living ants at work. That's what Solomon wants us to do. Just think about it. He wants us to, to think about the ant and learn to. And Solomon didn't know all these facts from National Geographic. He just knew what he saw. And you can see in our text what he observed. They don't need an officer or a ruler. An ant doesn't need someone looking over its shoulder to tell it what to do, constantly working. But you don't have little ants along the way, little officers kind of whipping them if they slow down. You know, there's nobody over who watches that and observes that. They're self-motivated. They don't need someone telling them what to do. They know what needs to be done and they make it happen. In verse 8, he read in summer and gathers her food in harvest. You know, obviously, that, that, that's kind of a, a metaphor there. They're, they're throwing pizza dough up into the air, some ant. It's an analogy. But he's saying the ant is constantly working. It's not waiting. It's thinking ahead. It's preparing. It's working hard towards a goal. Ant doesn't wait until it's starving to death. It these ants, and he's going, man, they're just, they're working hard. They're constantly moving. They're at their task. They're, they're, they're gathering food. They're putting it together. You know, we can learn from ants. Positive characters we can learn from, like ants. And Proverbs has these negative characters we can learn from as well. By looking around, and there's also negative things. And in our text, Solomon compares the ant to, it's a drastically different comparison. His whole tone changes when he begins talking about the sluggard. Even like, does anybody here want to be a sluggard? You know, is anybody like, that's your goal in life? Like, I really want to be a sluggard. It's so uh, descriptive. It's so helpful. It resembles, and then in Proverbs, you have the sluggard. You have the slug. You know, the slow-moving, pitiful. And he's asking his son, okay, if we put these side by side, if I put a slug out here and I put an ant, where do I want to be? What are the rules to life? How did God create the universe? Do I want to be like the ant who's working? Or do I want to be like the slug on my doorstep? You know, that's slowly leaving a trail of slime up my steps. Who do you want to be like? And it has a lot to say about the sluggard. Uh, it keeps going back to that illustration over and over and over. And he gives us, none of it is good. And so as I was reading through Proverbs, I went through and I have seven things, I think seven points about a sluggard to avoid. I'm going to move really fast through these seven points. So if you're taking notes, you can just jot them down, jot down the scripture reference. Seven things about a sluggard in Proverbs. Number one, a sluggard will not begin things. He lacks initiative. Days busy without an overseer. A sluggard needs continual prodding. You can't even get him started. You can't. There's someone that just won't begin to get to work. There's a word we use for this. It's called procrastinate. Want to do the hard job. He describes a sluggard as someone who always takes the easy path to work. And he says, 
in Proverbs over and over, the, slav, the, the sluggard will come to poverty. He's going to lose anything. I never got started. I never built anything. I never worked hard. I never took initiative. I never got going at everything. And in Proverbs, this applies. And it also applies spiritually. He's going to apply the sluggard to our souls. The people who never get going, pray and fight through distraction. They just won't do hard things. It's a sluggard. It's not a good thing. God has called us to walk in good works he's prepared for us. A sluggard doesn't want to do them hard. Wants everything easy. One application point here that I have seen in my own life that I think is prevalent today is so often when there's something hard we have to do, we will we'll surf the internet, we'll watch shows, we'll listen to music. We will, we will do a hundred things that are not important that has called us to do. And, and, and reading Proverbs, you become aware, this is what a sluggard does. A sluggard won't get to work at the heart, right? That final you have to study for, or even doing things like disciplining myself to study God's word. A sluggard, I'll stay up late and do that. They never do the hard thing. The, the ant, the diligent person, goes after the hard task first. And they get it done. They take initiative and they get to work. A sluggard lacks initiative. Number two, a sluggard will not face things. They want things that need to be done but aren't necessarily the most fun thing to do. The sluggard doesn't want to do these hard sluggard says, there is a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets. I love this proverb. And at first, I mean, the, the sluggard creates excuses like a lion outside so they won't have to go to work. They create excuses. On the streets, there's a lion out there. It, it avoids doing hard work and creating excuses for not doing the things we're supposed to do, not to do it. Instead of taking initiative and saying, well, what do I need to find? What do I have? What information do I need? How do I get to work to get what I need? doesn't want to do the hard work. Being a slugger doesn't necessarily mean we're not doing any needs to be done that we know is the most important thing. One person described it as a kamikaze pilot, who, even though it's not good to be a kamikaze pilot, but you don't want to go on multiple missions. They didn't do what needed to be done. Instead of facing the hard task, we do all these other things and we never really attack. Whoa. A sluggard is slow. That's obvious in just the description of a sluggard. While the ant sleeping in the shade, relaxing under the trees, and before he knows it, winter is here and he is starving to death. Sluggard loves sleep too much. Uh, they, they, they love sleep. They stay in bed too long. And I, I don't a necessary thing or a good thing, but there can be too much of a good thing, and that's what happens to the sluggard. Or turns on its hinges, so does the sluggard on his bed. I put that verse on my bedpost when I was in college. Nothing like got me. I just had the picture of just, that's my door, by the way, my creaky door. Just over and back and forth, refusing to get out of bed. And I, every morning when I woke up, I saw that I don't want to lay here all day. I want to get up and I want to get to work. God has good things for me to do today. I want to attack those things. I want to get to God. But a sluggard, the difference here is a sluggard is sleeping when he's supposed to be working. He's supposed to be doing a task. He's supposed to be preparing for something. And instead, sleeping in his bed, he's refusing to get up and to go to work. A sluggard is slow. Number four, doesn't like to work hard. 
just doesn't like to work hard. You know, everything is kind of this hard. Uh, this is Proverbs 20, verse 4. The slugger does not plow in the autumn. Work the hard work to prepare for the harvest. And then when he goes, there's nothing there. He's too lazy to sow the field. And the reality in Proverbs is not, o- not only he'd be too lazy to harvest the field and collect everything. This is Proverbs 26, 15. The sluggard buries, bring it back to his mouth. I don't know if this means the slugger just eats way too much food and he like is exhausted. Eating himself is a hard task for this sluggard. And, 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 and the reason it's important to hit this, I, today I've seen this, uh, I, see this, I see this in grown men and women and I see it uh, popping up among teenagers now and I've heard this and I've seen and I've talked to some hard work. And there's kind of this, um, I don't know, it's it, maybe a Western culture, America make lots of money and do it without having to do any work and do a minimal amount of work. You know, we want to be the YouTuber, all we have to do. Uh, which, you know what happens when that, you start doing that? People want more videos, and you have to do videos all the time. And I read this whole complaining because they're like, it's so hard making videos. I, I just can't do it anymore. And I was like, this is pitiful, right? And to, to want to be like that, where we don't have to do anything, and we just collect money and get to live and do leisure all day long. It's not good for your soul just to be given to leisure all day. It's not good for your soul to have tons of money and not know what riches. You know, like God provides for us. And he gives us things to do, hard work every day, a task to accomplish. And he told them, I want you to rule and subdue the earth. He gave them a job to do. You know, that was even before sin when they were, is a gift from God. It's good to have something to do. And the slugger doesn't want to do that. Slugger doesn't want to work. They don't want to get a job. And there are serious consequences in their life, in their soul. You don't want to be a sluggard. Number five, a sluggard, if you work with a sluggard or if you delegate something to a sluggard, it's a pain to you. This is Proverbs 10, smoke to the eyes. So is the sluggard to those who send him. How many of you guys have gotten smoke in your painful experience? It's the whole, the whole picture is it's irritating. You know, it burns your eyes and it makes you want to get away from it. That's what a sluggard is like. You can't give them a task and know they're going to go after it and they're going to work hard until the task is done. A sluggard, if you send a sob, they're not going to do it well. And, and, and if you haven't discovered this yet, let me tell you when college and you're given group projects, Okay. There's nothing worse than group projects with a slug. Sophomore year and having a group project and one guy refused to work. I mean, he would never do what we asked. He wouldn't do his share of work. He was just lazy. He was, and we went to our professor and we said, hey, like this guy, give him an F. He's horrible. He's not doing a good job. And the professor all graded on how everybody does. And I was like, this is so unfair, you know? And that's when I started learning. You know what we did? We had to do the sluggard share of the work too. And so we divvied it up. And I said, I'll take this. I'll put the pro presenter, you know, I'll put the PowerPoint. I feel like I'm giving a lesson on how to get an A as a sluggard because he got a good grade, even though he didn't do any work. But I promise you, he's not doing well today, okay? He, he bore bad fruit eventually. And I remember my senior year of college and you don't want to be in a group of sluggards. And so I, I, I knew the people in the room and there was a, a single dad in the class. You be in my group. Okay, you're in my group. And we got another guy who really liked to work hard. And man, it was just so fun 
being in a group of people that I remember giving the presentation to the class and it was like, this was fun. Like we did a good job. A sluggard is a pain to the parents or my teachers or someone in authority gives me something to do. Do I follow through? Am I a diligent person or am I a sluggard? Do I forget they asked me to do that? Do I kind of do part of it and then I just kind of give? Am I a sluggard? Can people trust me? A sluggard, you can't trust a sluggard. They're not reliable. Two more things, but they don't want to work for them. This is Proverbs 13, verse 4. The soul of the sluggard, soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Do you see what Solomon's doing here? He's, he's, he's introducing the sluggard affects your soul. Because laziness in daily life and work means you're probably spiritually lazy as well. And you're going to crave you in situations. You're going to crave wisdom. You're going to crave help. And if you're a lazy person, you won't have the answers because you haven't paid attention during sermons and taken notes and followed up. You haven't been diligent with your soul. And there's one last one. A sluggard is too arrogant to be taught. This is really the kicker here. Proverbs 26, his own eyes, then seven men who can answer sensibly. I don't know why seven, but seven men. He's wiser. Remember, if we aren't teachable in Proverbs, then we remain a fool forever. The worst thing, if, you, if you're sitting here and you're going, you know, I might laziness. The worst thing to be is, is to not be teachable, to not get help. To not go to your diligence. How can I follow through? How can I be a hard worker? Give me, give me something hard to do. You know, give me a she build something. That's, that's a person who's teachable, who wants to work hard. The worst thing is if you're not teachable and you never. And none of us want to be like this. And what I want to help you realize is what we're battling here is very strong. Where do we, it comes from our heart. Laziness is in each one of our hearts. Every single person in this room, teens, parents, laziness. It's a sin. It's an offense to God. And like all sin, it has consequences. If we give into it, we don't fight it. It's from being a spiritually lazy person. It hurts our relationships. We lose the trust of others. Most importantly, this is why Christ came. This is why he died. This is why he rose again to say, never got up and said, you know, I'm not going to do what God's called me to do today. Every single day he got up and he said, not my will, but your will be done. Then just all day long spent himself doing what God called him to do. It's, it's just so good that he lived the sinfulness and our sin and he bore God's punishment for it on, in himself on the cross as you can first of all turn to the Lord and say, Lord, please forgive me for being a lazy person. I have to be doing and I've created these habits in my life. And the good news of the gospel is God will forgive you. And not only does the gospel mean that God will forgive you, but of the Holy Spirit is self-control. He gives us his Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out. And so a lazy gets born again. And all of a sudden, I have a desire to read God's word. And I, and I don't want to be in my bed. I want to get up and I want to serve. And I want to do setup. And I want to get boxes and throw them on trucks and unload them, you know, because the Holy Spirit is made. That's what the Spirit of God does in us. That's my prayer tonight. My prayer is you study Proverbs and you see the sluggard and you go, I don't want to be a sluggard the rest of my life. And 20 years from now, 
I'm going to bear consequences for what I'm doing today. And I want to learn at 13, working person. So when I'm 22 and 27, man, I've got scripture memorized. And I'm 6 and Romans 10, these promises of God, because I've been diligent and I've studied and, and I've worked at my soul and now I have goodness. 1 Timothy 4 says this, Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come, it's good to train your body. It's good to exercise. Some value, but godliness has great value. You discipline yourself in this way. You discipline good fruit in this life, but also in the life to come. What a promise that we're going to bear fruit today. So here's the promise for you. A diligent person will prosper in their souls. Proverbs 13, verse 4. The soul person, your soul is going to be richly supplied. It's going to have lots of food, lots of nourishment, lots of... Scripture confirms what observation perceives. Laziness never leads... never leads to godliness. Spiritual disciplines have always been what can make... Be diligent with your soul. Work hard. Study God's word. Listen to worship music Sunday, but next Sunday morning, we're going to do in the bookstore 10 classics every Christian should read. 10 books that as we look back as pastors at our lives, time. Knowing God by J.I. Packer. The Cross of Christ by John Stott. Desiring God. By, but when you read them, you're, you're diligently serving your soul. You're thinking about God. You're studying God's word. A great application to this message is find a book that Sunday and say, Mom, Dad, your kid asked for one of those books. Please buy them that book. You know, it's like we want to get them good resources. And if you're a teen, find a good book. That Over the break, just get one book, a book. I want to be richly supplied in my soul. I want to start school in January. And I don't want to come back to school with woken up this early in three weeks and I haven't done anything at all. Like that, we boast about that, you know? Like I'm thinking, man, I had a great time with my family and we had a great fun at Christmas. And I read this book by Jerry Bridges, Transforming Grace. You know, I had, I had 22 free hours a day. I spent 30 minutes of it and I read Jerry Bridges. And I left Christmas break understanding the grazing his graces. Do you see how richly supplied your soul would be in time. It's like compounding interest. I don't know if you studied that in finance yet. We're doing finance, so we did compounding interest. I promise you, in a month, you're going you're gonna to see fruit. And in six months, you're going to see more and more fruit. And in a year, you're going to have a ton of fruit. It just keeps growing. Lazy person, it's like compounding debt. It's like you just keep digging a hole, and you're just creating habits, and you keep putting it off. And then you're in college or your good books and studying God's word and, and you're going to suffer harm in your soul. And so Proverbs teaches us, go ways. Without an officer, an overseer, or a ruler, she prepares her bread in summer. You know, she, she's... And how we don't want to be that way. So we've got some time now for some discussion questions and I think it is this time. But you can also... 
go on your own tangent. We've got about 10, 15 minutes for discussion as families. Uh, if you're, uh, we got the Bowers up here. We got Will up here. Sam and Catherine are here somewhere. You can jump in with one of them or jump in with the, with the family that brought you. Which of the seven characteristics of a slugger do you wrestle with? So I had seven. I'm not going to write them on there for you. So which one do you wrestle with? that will serve you in five, 10, or 20 years? And are you diligently seeking the Lord? Do you need to make any life these characteristics of a sluggard? And how do you want to grow? So 10 minutes, discussion time.